And a one, two, three, four. Welcome everybody to the Lap Point Table Talk Podcast. My name is Jason, and we are continuing today with our Bible in a Year podcast. Bible in a Year, we are rolling along. Thank you all to those who have uh, uh, been checking in and uh, reading along yourselves. It's an incredible thing to do to uh, read through the scriptures in one year, in one year. Do it all together in one year. Uh, it's a different kind of experience. And um, if you haven't done it, try it sometime. Or you can listen along as uh, we go through the scriptures. One hour a week, you could uh, go through the whole entire Bible with us. And so today, uh, we are going to continue in um, the book of Jeremiah. We are at week 44. Week 44, we're in Jeremiah 25 through 39 in the New Testament, 2 Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. Three whole books. They're all uh, relatively short, uh, but lots of awesome stuff to go over. So let's jump into it. We're uh, we'll start with uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah is um, pleading with the people of of uh, Jerusalem and Judah to repent, and they are not having it. And he's having a rough go at things, um, but he continues on with the warning from the Lord of what's coming. And uh, so there's this sense of impending doom uh, this unstoppable judgment that's coming on them uh, and at the same time over and over the Lord uh, try to, keeps trying to give them a way out at the same time give them a way out of uh, what's coming on them but they they are just not listening uh, so let's let's jump into it okay all right Start Jeremiah 25. It's the fourth year of Jehoiakim. He's the king of Judah. Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon. Jeremiah spoke to the people of Jerusalem and Judah. I have told you the message of the Lord over and over, and you have not listened. The Lord's message has come for 23 years. 23 years these guys had plenty of chance to uh, turn around, turn from your evil ways, and I will not cause you harm. But you have not listened, and you have brought this harm on yourself. The Lord said, you have not listened to what I said. I will send my servant. I think this is interesting, his servant. His servant is King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Uh, He's using this King Nebuchadnezzar and the whole people of uh, Babylon, their army, as his tool and his weapon. And the irony is that um, when Israel was coming into the uh, uh, promised land out of Egypt, they were also, the Lord spoke how they were a tool, a tool of judgment on the people there. And uh, this is this just kind of keeps happening. And uh, other nations will be used as well um, as we go on. Uh, but it's interesting. Babylon, you usually think of them as the uh, kind of uh, typical bad guy. But right here, uh, the Lord is uh, calling King Nebuchadnezzar his servant. That's... Uh, that's an interesting term there he's using. Uh, I will destroy the land. These nations will be subject to Babylon. But when 70 years is over, I will punish the king of Babylon. I will bring Babylon to ruin. Nations will make Babylon their slaves. The Lord gave me his cup of wrath to give to the nations. Judah and Jerusalem drank it. Pharaoh's king of Egypt, king of Uz drank it. The Philistines the Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyre, Sidon drank it. The desert kings of Arabia drank it. And the king of Babylon drank it. So everybody uh, has a cup of wrath 
coming their way. Down the hatch, guys. The Lord says, drink it till you get drunk and fall. I will send wars sweeping through. I am proclaiming war against all who live on earth. Then the Lord had Jeremiah make the following prophecy. The Lord will roar, roar like a lion from heaven. He will pass judgment on all humankind. Disaster will come on one nation after another. Leaders will not escape. They will be scattered like broken pottery. That was the uh, example we heard last time. 26. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah during Jehoiakim's reign. Go to the temple and speak out to the people. Tell them what I command. The Lord says you must obey, live according to the laws, listen to the prophets. I have sent them over and over, but you will not obey. I will make this city an example. The priests and the prophets heard Jeremiah and grabbed him and said, You deserve to die. How dare you claim the Lord's authority? All the people crowded around Jeremiah. The officials of Judah rushed to the temple. The priests made their charge to them that Jeremiah should die because he prophesies against the city. Then Jeremiah said, The Lord sent me. If you correct your ways and obey, the Lord will not destroy the city. If you put me to death, you should know you're killing an innocent man. The Lord sent me to speak the truth, but they can't handle the truth. The officials decided he did not deserve to die. Some of the elders quoted how Micah prophesied to Hezekiah that God would make Zion a, a plowed field and Jerusalem a pile of rubble. It's not the first time this has come about. Uh, there was another prophet, Uriah, who also prophesied prophesied against the city. Jehoiakim had him as executed. I think it's interesting, Jeremiah, um, you have to remember that. This was very real. This other prophet just immediately got executed. His life was really in the balance this whole time, and uh, he really went through some stuff. Um, he was used of God, for sure, uh, as a warning to the people. Um, but, uh, man, he went through it. Um, the Lord spoke to Jeremiah during Zedekiah, king of Judah's reign. Make a yoke of wood and leather straps and put it on your neck. Use it to send a message to the kings of Edom, Moab, Ammon, and Tyre, Sidon and sit on. Tell them, I made the earth and all the animals, and I give it to who I see fit. At this time, I place all the nations under my servant, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Even the animals are subject to him. All nations will serve him until it's time for his nation to fall. Whatever nation does not submit to Babylon will be punished with war, starvation, and disease until destroyed. Don't listen to the prophecies of divination who say you don't need to submit. I will drive you into exile. It will go better for those who submit. It's incredible um, the way this goes down. The prophecies are are complete opposite of this kind of victorious uh, nation. Uh, these are not prophets about uh, prophecies about victory, about life. Um, it's it's uh, prophecies of life, but uh, you're gonna have to go through something first. You can you can make it, and this this happens a lot in the Old Testament. Actually, you there's a way through, but you're gonna have to go through this. You cannot avoid. This is unavoidable. Um, so there's. Uh, salvation in a sense, but there's also unavoidable um, uh, path that they're going to have to go down, and it's not what they're going to want to do um, to submit to Babylon. Everybody's going to have to submit. It's like a flood. It's like a flood of judgment. It's very similar. You're going to have to work with this or else. If you fight it, you're going to lose. I told 
Zedekiah, king of Judah, that he should submit to Babylon. You don't have to die in the war. If you listen to the false prophets, you will die. I told the priests and the prophets they were lying. You should be subject to King Babylon. The valuable articles will be carried away to Babylon until it is time to bring them back. Chapter 28. The same year, the reign of Zedekiah, prophet Hannah spoke to Jeremiah and said, the Lord said he would break the yoke of servitude to Babylon. Before two years is over, I will bring back the king and the exiles. I will break the servitude to Babylon. They're going to have a prophet standoff here. This is interesting. Jeremiah responds. He says, Amen. May the Lord make this come true. But listen, the prophets who preceded us from the earliest times have prophesied war, disaster, and plagues. Amen. Why does he say amen? Um, I think I think Jeremiah really was in a position he would rather not have any of this happen. He didn't really want even to be a prophet, I don't think. Uh, especially the one to to bring all this bad news. He says, amen, I hope it's true. I hope you're right. But um, since ancient times, they've been saying this was coming. Hannah took the yoke off of Jeremiah's neck and broke it and said, the Lord says I will break the yoke of servitude of all nations to the king of Nebuchadnezzar before two years is over. Then Jeremiah left and went away. But soon the message came to Jeremiah, go tell Hannah, the Lord says you broke the wooden yoke but it will be replaced by an iron yoke. I have put an irresistible yoke of servitude to Babylon on all these nations. Der- Jeremiah told Hannah, Hananiah, sorry, am I reading this right? Listen, the Lord did not send you. You are making the people trust lies. I must remove you from the face of the earth. You will die this year. Wow. In the seventh month of that same year, Hannah died. So, uh, the good news is not always the true news. Um, In terms of the process, uh, some folks are going to have to go through. We always want the easier, softer way, and that was just not going to happen. That is not the way... Uh, this is going to go down. Jeremiah sent a letter to the exile uh, Nebuchadnezzar took from Jerusalem. Now we're jumping around a little bit. The Lord says to all those exiles, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have children grow a number, work to see uh, that the city I have exiled you enjoys peace and prosperity. As it prospers, you will prosper. Uh, It's an incredible... um, uh, grow where you're planted, even in exile, where you do not want to be the last place on earth you want to have to be and and something, the last thing you want to have to go through. Um, go ahead, accept it, embrace it, settle into it, uh, grow in it, build in it, build in that time, in that season. There's a lot there, guys. A lot to be gleaned from this experience. Uh, plant gardens, eat what they produce. As the city prospers, you will prosper. Hmm. Go on and embrace it. Don't let the false prophets among you deceive you. Do not pay attention to the dreams that uh, you are encouraging them to dream. There it is. They were encouraging these prophets to uh prophesy these things I did not send them the Lord says only after 70 years of rule Babylon will I again consider you sorry 70 years of rule of Babylon then I will consider you then I will fulfill my gracious promise to restore you to your homeland I know that I know what I plan for you this is the famous one I know what I plan for you plans to prosper you not to harm you plans to Give you a future filled with hope. When you call out to me and come to me in prayer, I will hear your prayer. When you seek me in prayer and worship, you will find me available to you. If you seek me with all your heart and soul, I will make myself available to you, says the Lord. Then I will reverse your plight 
and will regather you from all the nations and places where I've exiled you. I will bring you back to the place from which I exiled you. Um, this is a, uh, a famous passage. Um, I, uh, you might have heard it. I think it's one of the most beautiful, inspiring passages there is in Scripture. And um, even taken out of its context, I think it stands. But in context, it's pretty wild. It's pretty incredible. There's a whole other weight to it. Um, because of what I was just talking about, they are in this process they're going to have to go through and um, they can't get out of it. God is just telling them, don't listen to these other people telling you there's a easier, softer way that you're going to be okay. You're going to have to submit. You're going to have to humble yourself. You're going to have to go through some really hard times that you don't want to, but embrace it, build in it, grow in it. And um, in time, <laughs> then this whole thing comes. Then I will fulfill my gracious promise. <sighs> the plan is to prosper you. The, the plan is to prosper you even, even going through this experience. That's part of the, the plan. That's pretty incredible. The Lord's raised, raised up prophets for good news, but the Lord says, I will bring war on your fellow countrymen still in Jerusalem. Sorry, you say the Lord raised up prophets for good news. They, they were getting their own prophets going, but war is coming. I will make them examples. You have not paid attention to what I have said. The Lord will hand over those who rule those uh, false prophets to King Nebuchadnezzar. They have spoken lies while claiming my authority. The king will roast them, roast them in fire. The Lord sent a message to Jeremiah about Shemaiah, who is making you trust lies. He will be punished in his whole family because he advised rebellion against the Lord. So, uh, strong judgment on those false prophets who are uh, trying to tell them they can get it, get out of it. Not happening, guys. Um, chapter 30. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah. Write, it, write everything down, I tell you, on a scroll. The time will come when I reverse your plight. I will bring them back to possess again the land I gave to your ancestors. You hear crying out, Have you ever seen a man give birth to a baby? Why are all the men grabbing their stomachs in pain? It's because they have never seen trouble like this. But the Lord will rescue some. I will deliver you from captivity. Do not be afraid. I will rescue you. I will not completely destroy you. There, are, there is no remedy for your wounds. No healing for you. Your pain is great because your sin is great. I will restore you to health and heal your wounds. I will restore the ruined house of David. I will increase them and bring honor on them. Then you will again be my people. The wrath of the Lord will come on the wicked until his purpose is fulfilled. Chapter 31. At the time I will be God of all clans of Israel. The people of Israel who survive will find favor in the wilderness. As they journey to find rest for themselves in a faraway land, the Lord will manifest himself. Once again, you will sing and dance. Once again, you will plant vineyards. Sing for joy, descendants of David. Make your praise be heard. The Lord rescues your people. I will gather them from distant lands. They will come back shedding tears of repentance. I will do this because I am their father. The one who scattered them will gather them. He will watch over them like a shepherd. They will have joy over the good things the Lord provides. The sound of grief will be heard. Like Rachel's crying for her lost children, the Lord says, Stop crying. Your repentance will be rewarded. Your children will return. They are my children, and I delight in them. They were uprooted, but now they will be firmly planted. A time is coming when I make a new covenant. It will not be like the old covenant. I will put my law in them and write it on their heart. 
in mind. They will not need to teach their neighbor about me. All will know me. I will forgive their sins. No longer call to mind the wrong they have done. The Lord promises Israel will be a nation again. Jerusalem will be rebuilt as a special city. The valley where all the dead bodies were thrown will be included within the city. The city will never again be torn down. Um, this uh, reminiscent of Isaiah. Uh, for To me, there's some layered prophecies going on here. Future. And um, uh, what's what's happening right then, and what's coming, and what's to come uh, for us as well. Chapter 32. In the tenth year, Zedekiah was ruling over Judah. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah. At this time, Babylon's armies were besieging Jerusalem. So it started. Jeremiah was confined to the courtyard of the palace. Zedekiah had confined him there for his prophecies. Zedekiah said, why do you keep prophesying these things? Why do you say they will? we will be handed over to Babylon and that King Zedekiah will be handed over and there's no use fighting? Jeremiah said, I, I bought a field. This is pretty cool. I bought a field from one of my relatives and I put the deed in a jar so that it will be preserved for a long time because the Lord says houses, fields, and vineyards will again be bought in this land. Jeremiah believed it. He believed it enough to go buy land when it was about to all get wasted. Uh, they're literally attacking, and he's making investments for the future. Jeremiah prays and gives praise to God for his power and how all things are possible with him. Then goes through the story of Israel from the miracles in Egypt to the promised land, Israel was given then how they disobeyed and how they're now paying for it. And even though they are being taken over by Babylon at the moment, God is still said to hold on to the deed for the land. So Jeremiah says a prayer. He goes through the whole history of Israel from Egypt, um, the miraculous deliverance from Egypt, um, um, how they conquered the land, then how they disobeyed, now they're paying for it, and God says, hold on to that deed. The Lord's message came to Jeremiah, nothing is too difficult for me, I will hand the city over to Nebuchadnezzar, and the city will be burnt down. I tried over and over again to instruct them, but they didn't listen. They even sacrificed their own children to the god Moloch. That's a big one. It is right to say the city will fall, but I will regather my people from exile. They will live in respect for me. They will want to do uh, what is good, and for the good of their descendants, I will take delight in them. I will bring on these people good fortune. You say the land will be desolate, but fields will again be brought into this land. Fields will be bought in this land. I will restore the land. Chapter 33, the Lord's message came to Jeremiah while he was confined in the courtyard. Call on me in prayer and I will answer you. I will show you great and mysterious things that you still do not know about me. I love that. That's true right now. That's true right now. That's layered prophecy right there. Those who try to defend Judah will be killed, but I will restore the people and heal their wounds. I will purify them from their sins, all nations will see what I provide for it. You say Judah is in ruins, but its streets will once again be filled with joy. The Lord promises David will never lack a successor to the throne. I promise the day and night will come. The people say the Lord has rejected his people, but I promise just as sure as I fix day and night, I will never reject the descendants of Jacob. Chapter 34. Lord's message came to Jeremiah while Nebuchadnezzar was attacking, right in the midst of the attack, guys. The doom is here. The doom is here. The dread. Go speak to King Zedekiah. I am going to hand this city over to Babylon. He will burn it down. You will be captured. You must confront the king of Babylon face to face and then go to Babylon. You will not die in battle. You will die a peaceful death. They will bury you 
like the former kings who preceded you. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah after Zedekiah made a covenant to free all the slaves. So they free all the slaves, and then they take them back. Uh, the Lord thought it was a good thing. They, This was actually part of the law. They were on a cycle of freeing uh, people in debts, and they acted like they were going to do it, and then they changed their mind. So the Lord says, you actually are not really honoring me again. Chapter 35, the Lord spoke to Jeremiah while Jehoiakim was ruling Judah. Um, so he invites the uh, Rechabite community uh, and the uh, the Lord has him offer them wine and to drink, and um, he offers them wine, and they refuse, and um, it, it goes through this whole long story about it, but uh, the Lord's message came to Jeremiah, go speak to the people of Judah and Jerusalem, you must learn a lesson uh, from, uh, some of it says Rechabite, I think it's Jake. Jacob's descendant, it's a specific group who were ordered not to drink, and they kept to it. They fulfilled their vow. Uh, they were ordered not to drink wine and obeyed, but I spoke to you over and over to stop doing evil. Uh, don't pay allegiance to other gods, but you won't listen. The descendants of Rechab will have listened. I will bring disaster on Jerusalem and Judah. But they have obeyed the orders of their ancestors. They will never lack a male descendant to serve me. So right in the midst of this, uh, this group is blessed. Blessed right in the midst of disaster. Chapter 36, the Lord spoke to Jeremiah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim. Get a scroll, write on it everything I've told you about Judah and the nation since I've begun talking to you. Jeremiah gets Baruch to write in the scroll. As Jeremiah spoke to him, he writes it down. Then he sends Baruch to uh, the temple, uh, and he reads it in front of everybody. Uh, the officials take the scroll. They bring it to the king. They read it to the scroll. As the king is reading the scroll, he cuts it up and throws pieces in the fire till he burns the entire scroll. That's what he thinks about it. Jeremiah hears he burned the scroll. He writes another scroll, sends it to the king again. Um, and it, But he also adds, None of the king's line will occupy the line of David. His dead body will be thrown out to the elements. I will punish him and his descendant. Um, they ignored the disaster I told them was coming on him. 37. Zedekiah becomes king after Jeconiah, Jehoiakim's son. He was made king uh, by Nebuchadnezzar, so that's a flash forward. They paid no attention to what the Lord had said, so even they're still not really listening. King Zedekiah asked Jeremiah to pray to the Lord on their behalf. At this time, Babylon had paused, paused their siege of Jerusalem because Pharaoh's army had set out from Egypt. Jeremiah says, Beware Pharaoh's army that was sent out. They were going to help them. That was their cavalry they were trusting in. Uh, they ain't coming. It ain't happening. Um, they actually turn around and go back home. He says, Babylon will not go away. You're not going to get out of this, guys. Jeremiah says, um, Jeremiah goes out to the territory of Benjamin to make sure he got his share of property. But before he gets there, he's arrested as a deserter. So this is the the whole thing where he's going to buy land. It's actually an act of faith that he's going to, um, uh, that Israel's going to be restored, but they think he's being a deserter and joining um, uh, the Babylonians. Jeremiah is put in prison in a dungeon, He's questioned by the king, is there any message from the Lord? Jeremiah says, yes. Uh, what crime have I done? If I tell you the truth, you're going to kill me. So they put uh, Jeremiah in the courtyard. He's quarantined to the courtyard. Chapter 38. Some of the officials heard what Jeremiah had been telling the people and how the city will die and they need to surrender. 
they say Jeremiah must be put to death. And uh, King Zedekiah says, okay, do what you want with him. So they throw Jeremiah into a cistern. Uh, there's no water in it. There's only mud. But he's sinking into the mud, and he's going to die of starvation in there. But there is an Ethiopian court official who hears about what happened to Jeremiah. He goes to the king and tells him that what they're doing is wicked. And the king says, okay, you can go help him. So uh, he gets some ropes and some rags and ties them together and goes down and pulls Jeremiah out of the muddy cistern. So the Ethiopian saves Jeremiah's life. Uh, it's like a pretty cool side story right in the middle of this. So Jeremiah is still confined to the courtyard. Zedekiah's weird. He says, no, don't kill him, then kill him, then yeah, go ahead, save him. Sometime later, Jeremiah is brought before King Zedekiah. Uh, he has to promise he's not going to kill him. Uh, uh, Zedekiah promises he won't kill Jeremiah, so Jeremiah will answer him honestly. Again, Jeremiah tells him he must surrender to Babylon. Your family will be spared. Um, he's afraid there were some other Ju Judean people who had already dissented that he'll be turned over to them. He says, no, you won't. Um, but Zedekiah warns him, don't tell anybody we've had this conversation. Chapter 39, Nebuchadnezzar comes with his whole army and lays siege to Jerusalem. Began while Zedekiah ruled over Judah. They broke through the walls, and Zedekiah and the officials tried to escape during the night. So here's the deal. It's finally come on them. We're up to 39 chapters in, and it's finally happened. Actually, we've, we've been hearing about this for a long time, this doom and disaster that's coming. It's here now. They broke the walls. It's actually upon them. Zedekiah and his officials are trying to escape, but the Babylonians chase them and capture them. Nebuchadnezzar has Zedekiah's sons put to death in front of him. They put Zedekiah's eyes out, put him in chains, and lead him to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar captures the rest of the people and sends them off to Babylon, but he leaves some behind. This is interesting. Nebuchadnezzar makes sure to find Jeremiah and not harm him. While Jeremiah is still in the courthouse, the Lord sends message, I will carry out against the city what I promise. Uh, it means disaster, not good fortune. You will be there to see it, but I will rescue you when it happens. You will not be handed over to those. I will save you. You will escape with your life because you trust in me. Incredible. That's where we will end in the OT. Let's jump over to the New T, the New T, the New Testament. We are in Second Timothy, Second Timothy 1, from Paul to Timothy. I have served with a clear conscience like my ancestors when I pray for you day and night. I remember your tears. I recall your sincere faith that was first alive in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and it is in you. I love that. Timothy's history there. Uh, it's on his mom's side and his grandmother's side. I remind you to rekindle the gift that you possess through laying on of hands. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible right there. Don't be ashamed about the testimony of our Lord. Accept the suffering for his sake. He is the one who saved us, not based on works, but on his own grace through Jesus. He has broken the power of death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this I am called to preach and teach. I am not ashamed. I am convinced that he is able to protect what he has entrusted to me. Hold to the standard you heard from me. Protect the good thing entrusted in you. Um, it's interesting. I always uh, look at the, the uh, OT Reading, we're just there in Jeremiah. This process I was talking about, they're having to go through. Um, if they will remain faithful, e even in the midst of this, the, that one group uh, was blessed for being obedient. 
Jeremiah is blessed for being obedient. He's saved, and uh, all of Israel will actually be restored at the end of this process. Hold on. Um, Paul here is talking to Timothy, accept the suffering for his sake. Just accept it's, it's coming. Accept, don't fight it. Accept it. Go through it. On the other side is immortality to light through the gospel. For this I am called to preach and teach. I am not ashamed. Everyone in the province of Asia deserted me. Uh, the family of uh, Onesiphorus helped me in prison. May the Lord have mercy on him. Chapter 2. Be strong in the grace that is in Jesus. Take your share of suffering as a soldier for Christ. There it is again. If anyone competes as an athlete and wants to be crowned a winner, he competes by the rules. The farmer who works hard should get his share of the crops. Remember Jesus is raised from the dead. I endure all things for the sake of those who chose that they can obtain salvation. If we died with him, we will live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful since he cannot deny himself. Remind people of this and charge them not to wrangle over words. Present yourself as workers not ashamed. Teach accurately. Avoid chatter. Some have said the resurrection has already happened. They're undermining people's faith. If you cleanse yourself, you will be used for honorable use. Hmm. There's a lot there. Don't engage in heated debates. Be kind, patient, correct, correcting with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them grace and they will come to their senses and escape the devil's trap where they are captive to do his will. It's an incredible thing, the parallels there. Trying to get people to wake up. What's it going to take? When, when will they wake up? When the walls are coming down, when they're being led away, when their sons and daughters are being killed. Uh, it was a trap. They were captive to fall into it. Chapter 3. In the last days, difficult times will come. People will be lovers of themselves, money, boasting, arrogant, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, Irreconcilable, slanders, no self-control, savage, treacherous, opposed to good, loving pleasure rather than God. They will look religious in appearance, but repudiate its power. That's really interesting. They won't believe in the power, like it's actually real. They'll look religious, but they they're... There's no power in it because they don't actually believe it. There's a lot in that little verse there. Some men uh, will even uh, get into entire families, corrupt the women with desires. This is interesting. This comes up several times. These women want to learn something new but never discover the truth. Like Janus and Jambres oppose Moses, they are enemies of truth. It's really interesting. He uses those guys. I just did a little brief uh, research on who they are. They're not actually in the Old Testament named this way. But they believe maybe they were the magicians who opposed Moses in Egypt in the uh, courts of Pharaoh. He knows their names, and that's who he's talking about. But he's talking about people uh, wanting to know new things, and he connects it to this magicians wanting to, the, and they were, uh, I think they said dark arts or something. Um, you want to know something new. You want to desire something new. He's still talking. He's talking about the last days. 
they're going to get into this other uh uh this magic of some sort this the spiritualism into power of wanting to know new things something's going to open up to them cuz those guys had some some actual power they were actually competing with Moses for a while you know what I teach and how I live. You've seen uh, my patience and how the Lord rescued me. Anyone who belongs to Christ and wants to live right will have troubles from others. <laughs> it's an encouraging word for you, friends, today. Anyone who belongs to Christ and wants to live right will have trouble from others. There it is. Evil, pre- uh, e- evil people who pretend to be what they are not will become worse as they fool themselves and others. Keep being faithful as you are taught. Since you are a child, you have known the scriptures that have led to faith in Jesus Christ to be saved. Everything in scripture is God's word. He's talking about the scriptures. All of them. Uh, <laughs> their scriptures. Right then, he's talking about the Old Testament. All of it is useful for teaching and helping people and correcting them and showing them how to live. How do we relate to scriptures? Well, it teaches us, it helps us, it corrects us, it shows us how to live. The scriptures train God's servants to do all kinds of good deeds. Chapter 4. When Jesus comes, he will judge everyone living and dead. I command you to preach God's message, even if it isn't popular. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with patience and instructions. There will be a time when people will not tolerate sound teaching, but follow their own desires. They will get teachers for themselves because they have insatiable desires to hear new things. New things. There it is again. They will turn from hearing the truth and turn to myths. Myths. Huh. Very interesting. Now the warning there to, to me is not just those people uh, who won't tolerate sound teaching and and have a desire to hear what they want to hear. When I, th- I hear that and I think about that, I think about myself. I, d- I do that. I want to hear certain things. I want to hear uh, my own echo chamber that reaffirms uh, a belief that I already have. And uh, that's something to be cognizant of, to be, to be aware of, that... Um, we all have a t- tendency to do that and to, to, to you know, try to say, Lord, what are you, what are you wanting to say to me? Because I don't want to make this up. I don't want to just hear what I want to hear, like to really have a heart to hear uh, what the Lord has to say. I've got a sneeze coming up. <coughs> Excuse me. You must be self-controlled, endure hardship, do an evangelist works, fulfill your ministry. My time to depart is at hand. I love this. I have competed well. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. The crown of righteousness is waiting for me. The Lord will award it to me. That's how I want to go. That's how we all ought to want to go, having completed our race. Uh, Come to me soon. Demas deserted me. He loves this present age. Um, Bring my cloak and my scrolls and my parchment. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him. Everyone deserted me at my defense. But the Lord stood by me, so the message was proclaimed. The Lord will deliver me and bring me into his kingdom safely. The Lord be with your spirit. Let's jump into Titus from Paul. To further the faith and hope of the eternal life which God promises to Titus, my son in the faith. I left you in Crete to settle other matters and to appoint elders in every town. An elder must be blameless, husband to one wife, faithful to to his children, have faithful children. Overseers must be blameless, not arrogant not prone to anger or drunkard, devoted to what is good, sensible, and right, self-controlled, holding family to the faithful, to the faith able to give exhortation and healthy teaching and correct. 
Correct those who speak against it. There are many rebellious people, (laughs) idle talkers, deceivers, who must be silenced. This is funny. A Cretan prophet said, Cretans are liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. It's true. Rebuke them sharply. Not a big fan of the Cretans. All is pure to those who are pure, but corrupt. To the corrupt, nothing is pure. That's interesting. Their minds are corrupt. Corrupt people will corrupt good things. They profess to know God, but their deeds, they deny him. Chapter 2, communicate sound teaching for good behavior. Older men should be um, self-controlled, sound in faith and love. Older women should be holy, not slander, not slaves to drinking. They will train the younger ones to love their husbands and children and be self-controlled. Encourage young men to be self-controlled. Show yourself as examples in good works. Teach integrity, dignity, and a sound message so no opponent can say anything evil about us. Slaves should be subject to their masters and show good faith. Good grace has appeared and brought salvation to everyone. Reject worldly desires. Okay. (laughs) It's just, by the way, reject worldly desires, all of them. He gave himself for us to set us free from lawlessness and to purify us. Communicate with authority. Chapter 3. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, ready to do good work. No slander. Be peaceable, gentle, and courteous to all people. We were once foolish and disobedient, slaves to passion, spending our lives on evil and envy, hating one another. But God's kindness saved us. By mercy alone, not work. By mercy alone, not works. Through the washing of the new birth and the renewing of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, we have been justified by His grace. We are heirs confidently expecting eternal life. That's where it's at. Confidently expecting eternal life. Like he was saying earlier, they, they remove the power from it. People will... Seem religious, but there will be no power in it. That haunts me. That sticks with me. Where is the power? Because it's very easy to go into a, a just intellectual mode, a moral mode. Um, but there's, there should be a literal power in what we're talking about. And I think it's connected to literally being confident and expecting eternal life, that it's real, basically. It's written, Jesus is real, the real deal. It's literally happening right now. Um, not a myth. Those who place their faith in Jesus should engage in good works. Avoid foolish con- controversies. Hmm. I'll say that again. Avoid foolish controversies. Reject a divisive person with two warnings. You get two. That's two strikes. Not three. You get two two strikes. Make every effort to help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos. Make sure they have what they need. Engage in good works to meet pressing needs. Everyone greets you. Grace and peace. Philemon. Jump over to Philemon. Philemon. From Paul to Philemon, our friend and co-laborer. I thank God for you when I pray for you. I hear of your faith. I pray your faith in Jesus deepens in understanding and every blessing that belongs to you. The saints have been refreshed refreshed through you. I appeal to you in love to do what is proper. I pe- uh, uh, okay, he talks about on- Onesimus. Uh, he was useless to you. I don't totally understand. He was some... I think he was converted at some point, but he was a slave. Uh, He is now useful to me. I've sent him back to you. Perhaps he was separated from you so he could be sent back to you with uh, eternally, not as a slave, but as a brother. Uh, So this fellow became really special to Paul. It looks like he went through a conversion, and he's sending him back saying, Hey, 
This is a new man of sorts. If he owes you anything or defrauds you, charge it to me. I will repay it. I write it because I am confident you will obey. Prepare a place for me to stay. And I believe that is where we will end. Is that all of Philmon? Let me check, make sure, because that seems short. One second, friends. Where are we? Oh, sorry. Prepare a place for me to stay. I pray I'll be with you soon. My fellow uh, Epiphras, my fellow prisoner of Christ greets you, as well as Mark, uh, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke. Luke is there. I love when that uh, other uh, fellow characters show up. May grace of the Lord be with you in your spirit. That's it. That's all of Philemon. Incredible. Very short. Um, awesome okay friends that is it for this week um, we will be coming back next week and we will be on 45 I can't even believe it 45 it's the truth 45 and uh, man, so much, so much there in uh, Jeremiah, and uh, what he was going through, what uh, impending doom of what it finally happened. Nebuchadnezzar has now broke through the walls, killed the, the king's children, his sons, poked his eyes out, took him. Uh, but there's hope in the midst of all of this. Uh, Paul is saying he's he's fought the good fight. He's done. He's uh, ready to depart. Telling Timothy that he's going to have to go through some stuff. But there's hope on the other side of it. There's hope on the other side of it. All of it. And uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave you with that, friends. There's hope on the other side of whatever you're going through. And uh, I believe that. So have a great week, everyone. We will see you next week. All right, peace out.